Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, and I've dedicated my life to sharing stories of how people make meaning in their work and find purpose in their lives. On this podcast, we're going to talk about some of the great ideas and activities people do every day to make the world a better place and provide inspiration for others. So much of the meaning we find comes from interacting with great people, developing relationships that are mutually beneficial, and doing work that inspires everyone. I hope you'll be inspired by the people you meet here. We all need to find a way to make meaning in the mundane. Welcome back to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, and today I'm speaking with Vicki Thompson-Sandy, President and Chief Executive Officer of the Buckeye Ranch. Vicki has worked in the nonprofit field for 29 years and is a well-recognized nonprofit, child welfare, and senior industry executive and community leader. Her career began in child welfare and then expanded into healthcare, senior living, housing, behavioral health, and disability work. Her last position was with Samaritas, one of the largest nonprofits in the state of Michigan. Vicki has a Bachelor of Science from Western Michigan University and a Master's Degree in Social Work from Eastern Michigan University. Vicki, welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm thrilled to talk with you because our listeners should know that I've had the joy and pleasure of working with you for maybe seven years, and I've seen you just rise like a shot to such leadership positions, which are so well-deserved because you are an amazing thinker and leader and have such a big heart, um, which all goes into your work. So I am thrilled to bring you to our audience and uh, talk a little bit about how you find meaning and purpose in all that you do. So thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks. It's been great, Lynn. It's been great working with you over the years. Yes, it's a mutual admiration society, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Um, So let's begin um, by looking at, you know, you've devoted your life and career to human social service work. And so I wonder if you might take our listeners through um, sort of a snapshot of your career journey, you know, where you began and, and how you ended up here. Sure. Well, I always have had a desire to work with kids and families. You know, I think that probably was derived from the fact that I am the fifth of six children, Uh so a large family that put a lot of emphasis on, um, you know, brothers and sisters and family things. So Uh I think that's where it started. My career started um, with my desire to work with um, actually uh, youth and juveniles, and so I started um, down that career path, looking um, at a degree in criminal justice and ended up actually working with um, youth in foster care mm-hmm. and fell in love with mm-hmm. the idea um, that families could, if we walk alongside them, could be uh, placed back together and kids could remain safely within their families and communities. And so mm-hmm. <clears throat> worked in Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri for a while came back to uh, Michigan, actually, Mm -hmm. to be near my own family, Mm -hmm. and continued my career in child welfare, making sure that foster parents were recruited and well-trained and could support, we could support them in their work with taking care of kids in foster care Mm -hmm. and adoption. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as my career progressed, I moved into adoption um, and was very satisfied in doing the work There, I had the opportunity to work with children who had um, physical and cognitive disabilities Mm -hmm. and honestly were lingering in 
our mental health foster care system mm-hmm. solely for the reasons that their parents were devastated by their disability and were not oh. able to parent them. Oh, wow. And so it it was a great experience in that children um, were able to be placed in adoptive families who accepted them for who accepted them for who they were, you know, and and where they were at in their developmental stage. Um, but also that the birth parents got to come along beside that adoptive family, sure, sure. Um, because they had not abused or neglected those kids. They just were uh, deeply. Um, grieving the Uh loss of the child that they thought they would have. Sure. And uh, got to see open adoptions. And I think that really early in my career spurred on for me um, the beauty of family. Uh That family can be created in, Uh you know, many different ways. Yeah. Um, And so so my career has really kept me there, working with families and kids. And so here I am at the Buckeye Ranch. uh, Uh child welfare organization that focuses on children um, with mental health challenges and helps those kids remain with their families um, in the community. Wonderful. So it's just been a a progression um, in purpose and in focus. And um, so I love the name, the Buckeye Ranch, and it cracks me up. Even as being a (laughs) University of Michigan graduate, I can still say it, you know. Um, But I I wanted to um, share with our audience a little bit about, you know, what is the Buckeye Ranch and, and what's your vision for your new role here? Sure. So I just actually uh, relocated to the Columbus area. Uh-huh. Um, so started this position in May of this year. So far, it's been a great experience. The Buckeye Ranch has um, was started by a group of women, actually, who saw a need for kids um, who needed a home and needed treatment. And so they started uh, the Buckeye Ranch, the Buckeye Boys Ranch, actually. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then later in its career became the Buckeye Ranch so that it could um, offer services to, you know, both genders. And um, today we are one of the largest residential providers Mm -hmm. in um, Ohio and do mental health treatment for kids who are uh, challenged to remain in community or in a foster home. Okay. Um, but we have a very large um, community-based program where we are working with kids in the community, working with families to maintain kids mm-hmm. in community, mm-hmm. kids who are uh, struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, and we see that all over the nation, teenagers sure. who um, are struggling, an increase in teen suicide. Uh-huh. Um, and so the Buckeye Ranch is really trying to be on the forefront of helping kids uh, cope and uh, get healthy Um with their mental health challenges. Yeah. Um, we also provide foster care services okay. for um, Ohio. And so our, uh, one of the largest providers in Franklin County here surrounding Columbus um, and uh, have foster care across the state in multiple, multiple counties. Um, and so it's a, ironically uh, um, coming from Samaritas where Samaritas was one of the largest uh, refugee programs in the country. Um, I come down to Columbus and we um, are working with uh, Somalis and so have a Somali program here helping kids uh, integrate into the school system, kids who are struggling with some behavioral health issues. Beautiful. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So it's great to be back in that realm as well. That's great. Oh, that's so exciting. I love it. 
Um, so, you know, in the pre-interview, you said a lot of really interesting things about family and sort of, you know, the multiple roles that you fill. Um, you know, you've said you find meaning in your work, but that also in being a mom to your two girls. And so I thought we could talk a little bit about, you know, where you find that meaning in your life um, and how you juggle it all, you know. So, so first, talk a little bit about, you know, sort of where you find those moments of meaning in your own life. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about that, that juggled to be a, a working mom too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a juggle, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Finding meaning, you know, I think it's in my work, I, you know, I think that I have evolved as a leader, recognizing um, that while I love working with kids and family, as the leader of an organization, you know, I'm no longer uh, working directly with uh, children and their families. Yeah. And so really my role is is to create a vision um, so that the kids and families in the community that I work in uh, can be healthy and we can have an organization um, that um, is able to serve them and okay. provide services that they need. Sure. And so my my meaning really is in making space for our leaders and our direct care staff um, to do what they do best, which is really come to work at nonprofit organizations because they love working with kids and yep. families and they want to make a difference. Right. And so right. um, we need to allow them to make a difference. And quite often, you know, we know in our work, we can get in people's way sure, um, sure. To, to do meaningful work. And so that, that really is where I find probably my greatest joy is seeing them um, succeed. You know, as a, as a parent, you're so close to it that sometimes it's hard <laughs> <laughs> yes. to see that yes. um, as clearly as you do uh, when you get to step away in your work. But, yeah. um, you know, it's a, it's a joy uh, when I can see my girls discover mm-hmm. new things mm-hmm. and um, be successful at new things. Um, so that's probably where I find uh, the most meaning for them is just helping them become, helping them grow as individuals and, and being strong. You know, it's no, it's a, monumental task to yeah. think about raising uh, children in our community and uh, in our world. But um, for me, I think it feels a little bit heavier raising girls and sure. teaching them to be strong individuals. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure it's the same yeah. for boys, for those parents <laughs> who are raising boys as well. But yeah. for me, raising two girls, yeah. uh, to give them a voice, right. right? to give them a voice and help them be very confident um, in their words. Well, it's so true. That they can re- yeah. I mean, I think women and girls, you know, we we're working so hard to even the playing field, but it's still uneven. And, um, as a woman leader in the nonprofit sector, I'm sure you feel that. Um, and I'm sure your experiences inform how you parent, you know, I, I, I think it's interesting that what you're doing both in your work and as a parent, um, it sounds like you're really trying to um, bolster the people around you so that they can soar, so that they can be who they're meant to be and step into that role uh, fully. Yeah. Is that, I mean, you see those parallels between work and home? Yes, I think that's right. I think that it is our job, right, uh, to leave this world a better place than yes. when we came and, and who better to do that than the people who are going to be behind us right? As uh, in this world. and. I've 
I say to the leaders that I work with, it really is our job to uh, raise strong child welfare leaders, not Mm -hmm. so that they stay at our organization Mm -hmm. and do great work, but that they go out and uh, go to other organizations as well or create their own Mm -hmm. um, and go out and just help kids in every community. And I, you know, that's the same for our family is to, Mm -hmm. is to raise our girls in a way, Mm -hmm. right. That they can go out and have meaningful impact on the people around them. Absolutely. And, and sometimes the letting go is the hard part is just saying, you know, my role here is to is to raise you to leave. (laughs) As a parent, that can be harder. But even as a leader, you know, if you have trusted, talented um, staff, and they move on, that's hard to see, you know, that's hard to experience too. They leave, they leave a hole for sure, you know, right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, um, so as a woman leader in the nonprofit sector, you know, has it been challenging? Have you, have you found that you're working doubly hard? You know, is it like other sectors where there's still that double standard, or um, are there unique challenges as a female leader that you're finding? Yeah, it's an interesting question, and I think about that a lot. Um, you know, do I face different challenges than other people? Um, I'm not. I'm not sure, actually. You know, I think about um, I, I think about some of my other friends. Mm-hmm. You know, other professionals where um, the the males are the people working outside of the home, mm-hmm. and they're the sole source of income. Is that a stronger pressure mm-hmm. than a household that we have chose where we both right. are bringing in incomes and have to just juggle with different pressures? Sure. Yeah, I think we all in our un, you know, in our space, uh, have unique challenges. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not sure specifically that I feel my challenge is much different. I, I do think it gives me a different perspective. Sure. And um, I think honestly, as a female leader, some of the men who have worked for me, potentially, I felt have been able to be more open about the challenges they face as a working father um, and being honest that, you know, they need to take a day off or an afternoon off to, to be with their kids. And I think sometimes um, that maybe gives me a, from their perspective, maybe a different advantage Sure. Um, to allow them to be honest about that. Yeah. I mean, it's a terrible question, I'll, I'll admit, like to say, oh, as a female leader, have you had it harder? Because how do we know if it's because of our gender that we have extra struggles or obstacles? And also, I mean, um, we just need to be, I think, I think you'd agree, you know, the best example and role model in our roles that we can be so that we make it easier for everybody who comes after us. You know, that's, that's the journey. Um, I mean, you know, and it's funny because when they say, you know, oh, how do we master work-life balance? I don't know that there is such a thing. It's when you're at work, be fully there. When you're at home, be fully there and, and have time for you as a person too. I think that's, that's the the goal, you know? That's right. And, um, I, I have said for several years now that, um, I, it's, I cannot balance actually my work. I really just have to kind of center it. Yeah. Meaning that my kids are really my center, right? My Uh work, um, they have to be part of that. Yes. And so they will tell you 
um, they will tell you exactly how hard the couch was in my Samaritan's <laughs> office where they had many it. an afternoon yep. uh, where they hung out on it because uh, they weren't feeling the greatest or, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. they came to my new office and said, uh, mom, you need to redecorate this one. <laughs> right. So they yeah. are part of it with me. And I think uh, hopefully that will make them better people. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I love how, you know, this is something I didn't know that when I was um, reading through your pre-interview that you lived with your grandmother for a period of time and that she lived until she was 106. And I, um, there were so many things about just the way you spoke about her that I, that I loved. And it was so, it just made me smile. But um, what you said was that um, you admired her for her level of contentment. And I just, I've just been thinking about that since I read it. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about her and about what that that lesson was for you, what the takeaway was uh, with contentment and and how that stays with you today. Yeah, my grandmother was an amazing, amazing person. And she, um, you know, if anyone knows me, they knows that, know that I'm extroverted. And, uh-huh. you know, I don't mind being in front of a crowd. I actually probably enjoy that. <laughs> and I would say that was not necessarily my grandmother. She was more quiet. Um, and uh, she... She lost her husband early mm. on. They mm. had only uh, been married, I, um, like into you know twenty years, not okay. forty, fifty, sixty, sure. but twenty years. And and so I remember her telling me when I was quite young that she had been single longer than she had been married. Wow. Um, and and I I just thought about that. Right. It was at a it was at a time of my life. Right. I'm fifteen, sixteen when mm-hmm. relationships I think are the most important thing in the world. <laughs> and, so, and to view her as a person who was completely content. Yeah. And uh, to be a quiet, humble person living on her own, I just always wondered, is that something that I would ever be content with? Uh-huh. Uh, but she she was quiet, but she was fierce. Mm-hmm. Um and having uh, you know, a a family with six of us, um, you know, our, our house wasn't always very quiet. Actually, I would say it was never, it was very quiet. Uh-huh. Um, but I, and my dad, um, you know, was also a very funny and not a quiet man. Uh-huh. And I remember her quietness. She, um, told him to do something and he uh, said he wasn't going to do it. And she <laughs> reprimanded him in front of me and said, oh no, you, you will do it. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, she's fierce. She's yeah. <laughs> quiet and fierce. Yeah. Um, yep. But she uh, she was very content with um, simplicity. She ha- if I look back on her house, just physically, her house was very simple. She was elated at that time of my life to have a microwave. Uh-huh. Right <laughs> when the rest of us were like, "Oh my goodness, grandmother!" Right. <laughs> There's so many more things yes. uh, bigger and better than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she. I think about that in my world now and how fast-paced we are Uh and how, you know, today one iPhone is okay, but certainly we want the next one coming out. (laughs) Our world wraps around the corner, right, of the building waiting for it. Right. And and how how we have lost uh, just a sense of being content with what we have. Yeah. You know, me absolutely included in that. Yeah. Um, And I just wonder if I... If there will be some point in my um, development that I will reach a level of contentment. Yeah. Um, 
you know, pure contentment that that it was clear was uh, where she was. It's a really good goal. I think every single day, you know, we have the choice to um, complain or look at, you know, glass half empty or, you know, what what problems shall I focus on today? Or, wow, I have another day. And, um, and look at all the things in it and the people and, and the opportunities. And um, I have to remember that too, you know, because I, I do love the work that I do. But sometimes I forget that. And um, we have to focus on all that we have as opposed to what we don't. And I think yeah. that's the first step toward contentment for sure. Well, yeah. it's, you know, it's wonderful to speak with you and, a, and an interview on a podcast goes so quickly. So I could talk to you for hours, but I want to finish with one question. Um, you know, we focus here on the Make Meaning podcast about how people, how people make meaning in their work and find purpose in their lives. And I wonder what advice you might offer our listeners for how they can find that meaning or, or live according to that purpose. Um, you know, whether it's in work or at home or, um, in any way, you know, do you have any, any thoughts for our listeners to take away? Yeah. You know, I think it's, um, finding purpose comes in small ways. Um, it is, you know, I would say right now, just in my own experience of being in a new position and, a new organization, there are so many things that potentially, right, I want to do. Sure. And I have to tell myself, right, to be, uh, to look at the small gains and to look at the things that really do add joy yeah. um, day to day. And so I, I think you can, if you really look for those moments, things that make you happy, uh, things that feel like a sense of accomplishment, um, it, it's easy to overlook those or to just you know, take it for granted. But I think you find meaning um, when you look at those small tasks or small accomplishments, I'll say, yeah, um, small moments of joy. That's when we need to pause. And, you know, I, I am, you know, I am the first to miss that moment with my kids, uh, right? To yes, not pause yes. and just say, look at this joyful experience and just in that moment. Yeah. I think we all can take uh, something from that. I tell my kids, um, I've said this and I don't think I model it very well, but I say, you know, for every negative thing you say, you should say 10 positive things. And they sort of, you know, they're all teenagers. So they roll their eyes at me and, and now they, they mock me. So if I say something, they'll be like, she says 10 positive things, guys. And, you know, (laughs) because I don't think I achieve it. I think it's a great goal, but, um, but you're right. You know, we, we sometimes, miss those beautiful successes that could be quick or small um, because we're so focused on the bigger things, but um, the bigger things come from all those small things. So um, that's really great advice. So um, the beauty in that one is that they heard you. (laughs) Okay, good. Even though they are mocking you when they repeat it, you can take comfort that they heard you. (laughs) So I'm so glad I'm talking to a social worker because you just reinforced me so positively. I really appreciate that. (laughs) And you know what? I'm hoping that 10 years from now when, or 20 years from now, when they're talking to their own kids, I hear some of these phrases and like, That's aha, exactly right. I, I did something right, you know? <laughs> so, That's right. um, but That's thank right. we you. will be sitting back yep. as older women, totally content right? <laughs> and looking at all the joys in the world. <laughs> yes, we will be. Yes. Yeah, sipping our cocktails. And I'm going to have a notebook that's going to record all of the things I hear them say that I once said. That's going to be like, yes, reinforcement. I did it. You know? <laughs> so, That's right. <laughs> well, Vicki Thompson, Sandy, it is always a pleasure to chat with you. And I'm just so thrilled to share 
you and your inspiration on the Make Meaning podcast. And I hope our listeners will check out the Buckeye Ranch. And um, is there anything you can offer them in terms of learning more about the Buckeye Ranch or how people can get involved in some way? Sure. I would encourage them to come to our website, uh, BuckeyeRanch.org. All right, cool. Well, Vicki Thompson-Sandy, thank you so much for being on the Make Meaning Podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, and I've really enjoyed being here with you today. You can find the Make Meaning Podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, and I'd love it if you'd share our great conversations with all your people so we can add meaning wherever we go and whatever we do.